0: going to read from the Gospel of John, the third chapter. This is a chapter that you've heard before, but I want you to really pay attention. Whenever we're reading something (laughs) familiar, pay close attention. See what else it is that you might notice. So we're in the Gospel of John, the third chapter. We will read the first 17 verses, page 970 in your pew Bibles, or if you have a large print, it's in the New Testament, page 127. And if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? amen. Starting with verse 1. Nicodemus said to him how can anyone be born after having grown old can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born and Jesus answered very truly I tell you no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit what is born of the flesh is flesh what is born of the spirit is spirit. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended but in order that the world might be saved through him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you for gathering us here. Lord, pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your Spirit. Bless us with your power and your truth this morning. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. So when my older brother, Stephen, was younger, he used to question absolutely everything. He is the one who is naturally more intelligent. In case you ever wanted to know, I, out of all my brothers, I'm the book smart one. They all got the natural intelligence. I'm the one who had to really work for things. Uh, but so my older brother, he was just naturally intelligent. And you know those naturally intelligent people like to ask a whole lot of questions. And so he would ask a lot of questions. And when it came to his faith, it was no different. He would always have so many questions, and there were many nights when my mom and I stayed up late having, you know, conversations with him as he would be asking us all these questions, and none of our answers, answers fully satisfied his questions to his faith, but he wanted to know some really serious details, and he, he didn't want to know just any details, but he wanted to know the details to the questions that are like the really large theological discussions that theologians have debated over since the time of Jesus, like, well, how exactly does the Trinity work so if we have a Trinity, if there's a Father and a Son and the Holy Spirit, uh, is the Father equal to the Son and the Holy Spirit, or is the Father a little bit higher up there and the Son and Spirit are below? You know, I said not easy questions. He wanted to know all the things, and he'd always want to know, you know, so are we supposed to worship Jesus, or are we supposed to worship God through Jesus? He'd be like, because when I read the Bible, it seems to clearly say that we're supposed to worship God and not worship Jesus, yet it seems like everybody worships worships. Jesus he didn't have very easy questions and he'd always be like well let let me understand is Jesus the son of God or is Jesus God a very no these are not I see Pierre smiling over there because these are really deep theological discussions and theological questions that pastors have been taught about and arguing about that theologians have been arguing about for as long as we know of. And so he would ask all of these questions and they always led to very interesting conversations. But he had so many questions about every single detail until one night until one night when he got into a really bad car accident. He was driving when he shouldn't have been driving, and and he was in his truck, and he crashed into, I don't remember if it was a tree or a telephone pole, but he had a really, really bad accident with his truck, and he crashed, and he totaled the truck, and quite honestly, he should not have survived that accident, and yet he walked out of that accident with just some little bumps and bruises and nothing really large, and he looked at the his truck that no longer, looked like a truck wrapped around an inanimate object that he had run into and he looked at that and then he turned up to God and then suddenly his questions didn't matter anymore. He had one of those moments where his questions, all those details to all the divinity of Jesus and every single thing that he ever needed to know, all those details to all those questions that he had asked us so many times didn't really matter anymore. It was like something clicked inside of him when somehow, someway, after stepping out of that truck and looking at the wreckage behind him, something clicked, and suddenly he realized that he didn't need all the answers to all those questions that he thought that he needed. He didn't need to know every single detail of everything. He simply trusted in God. Now, here's what happened this week as I read through John chapter 3 a minimum of five times, if not many more. As I'm reading through John chapter 3, I realized that Nicodemus and my brother actually remind me a lot of each other. Now, the way that Nicodemus and my brother do not remind me of each other, uh, the, they don't remind me of each other in the way, like, who Nicodemus was. So you have to understand exactly who Nicodemus was because Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and he wasn't just any Pharisee. He was actually a member of a group called the Sanhedrin. Can you say Sanhedrin? Sanhedrin. So he was a member of the group of the Sanhedrin. Now the Sanhedrin was a council of 21 men, only men because let's be realistic, so I was a council of 21 men that sat in the cities of Israel, and these were the 20 men of like the top of the top of the Pharisees, and so there was this council that was appointed every year, and so Nicodemus was not only a Pharisee, but he was also a Sanhedrin, so he was wealthy, he was powerful, and he was also extremely intelligent. Besides the intelligent part, that's not why he reminds me of my brother, but the reason that he reminds me of my brother is because Nicodemus had a lot of questions he had so many questions and he wanted to know all the details to these questions like you know he he went off to see Jesus and do you realize what time of the day did he go off to see Jesus exactly he went wow the choir choir they answered before you guys do that never happens uh, he he went to go see that to go see Jesus at night now why would you go to see somebody in the middle of the night so nobody sees you exactly. So Nicodemus, he was quite powerful. He was quite wealthy. Uh, yeah, all of his colleagues were also just as powerful and as wealthy, and they also had a lot of control. And so Nicodemus didn't want all of his colleagues to know that he was going off to see Jesus. But Nicodemus had so many questions, and he wanted answers to all of his questions. So Nicodemus snuck off to see Jesus in the middle of the night, and there Jesus was waiting for him because Jesus knew he was coming. Now here's the thing John chapter 3 is not the longest chapter and I wish we had a better secretary there recording all of these details cuz I would have loved to know all the details of this conversation we only have so many verses but we do know that that Nicodemus he went to go see Jesus in the middle of the night and he started asking Jesus questions he's like okay all my colleagues say that that we should just get rid of you that you're just a troublemaker he's like but but I see the things that you do and I know that you're doing these miraculous Things and, and I know that these miraculous things can only be done from God. So he's like, So, so Jesus, tell me, how are you doing these miraculous things that come from God? And Jesus kind of gives him some answers. But then Jesus starts talking about being born from above. And then Nicodemus starts asking more questions. Well, how can somebody be born a second time? I mean, how is somebody supposed to be born from above? How is someone supposed to have a spiritual birth? What's the difference between that and a regular birth? And then even after Jesus goes through a bunch of answers, Nicodemus is still not appeased. And he's like, well, how can it be? B Nicodemus had so many questions and he wanted to understand the divinity of Jesus but he just couldn't fully get it until something clicked now we don't have all the answers to this but something clicked in Nicodemus how do I know that something clicked with Nicodemus because after Jesus died Joseph of Arimathea another wealthy man who who loved and followed Jesus but he was keeping it a little quiet he went and took Jesus body so that he could have it buried properly buried and who helped him do that Nicodemus. Nicodemus was with Joseph of Arimathea to anoint his body and to help him. It was also Nicodemus who, when Jesus, when his all of Nicodemus's colleagues wanted Jesus just quickly, you know, removed that it was Nicodemus who insisted that Jesus get a trial. So clearly, Nicodemus had been kind of on Jesus' side, and then at the end, for him to risk so much to go and to help to bury Jesus and to anoint Jesus. That meant so very much. So that means that something in Nicodemus must have clicked. Now I'm guessing it wasn't a car accident because this was 2000 years ago. So it probably wasn't a car accident, but maybe it was something else. Maybe it was just as he was witnessing all of his colleagues that they just had really bad intentions and then that they were just really jealous of Jesus and they wanted Jesus killed for their own selfish reasons. Maybe it was that realization. Or maybe it was the death of somebody who he admired. Maybe when when his friend, I think he saw Jesus as a friend, when his friend was killed and and it really tore him apart. Or maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was when Jesus died and, and the skies went dark. And the earth shook and the curtain of the temple was torn. Maybe it was at that moment that Nicodemus realized, wow, Jesus really is the son of God. And maybe it was at that moment that he realized he couldn't fully comprehend the divinity of Jesus, yet he knew that there was divinity in Jesus, and suddenly his questions didn't matter as much anymore. Suddenly, all of the details to every question that he wanted answered didn't matter as much because in that moment, he trusted in God, and he trusted that the words of Jesus were, were true. Something I think happened in Nicodemus when Nicodemus had this sudden aha moment and even though Nicodemus didn't understand what Jesus was talking about before Nicodemus had a bit of a spiritual rebirth. He had a spiritual awakening. All of a sudden when everything clicked and his mind just fully was was understanding that Jesus truly came from God. He had a spiritual awakening a spiritual rebirth moment when in that moment he was born from above now let me tell you there are some christians who have had huge kind of born from above i don't like the phrase born again because some groups have kind of taken that over there are many christians who have had some some serious born from above kind of spiritual awakening moments give me a little nod just kind of you've had a big aha spiritual awakening moment some of us But here's the thing. There are also others of us, other Christians who are here in these pews every Sunday, other Christians who never, ever miss a Sunday in church unless they're completely at a faraway place that they can't get to a church. There are other Christians who go through their lives without ever happening like a huge spiritual awakening, a huge born-from-above moment. And on Wednesday at Bible study, We we were a super small group at our Wednesday Bible study. Our Monday night was full, but our Wednesday only had five people. So if you're free on Wednesdays at 11, come join us. We have a really good discussion. But there were only five of us at our Wednesday Bible study, and two out of the five of us have had people who are quote-unquote born again say that they were not saved, that they were not going to heaven because they never had one of those huge aha spiritual awakening, one of those born-again experiences. And the crazy thing is, is that those aren't the only ones here in this church that I've ever heard say that before. They've had people who are quote-unquote born again tell them that they aren't making it to heaven because they have not had a huge awakening moment where they suddenly realize that they were born from above. And that kind of kills me because I realize that not all Christians have the same kind of spiritual awakening moments. Not all of us have these huge profound, oh my goodness, I I went from, from from sinner to saint in a moment none of us are really great saints but you know no, not everybody has a huge car crash that just awakens them and shakes their life and makes them right with the lord not everybody has this huge moment where the sky turns dark and the earth shakes and they have no choice but to believe that Jesus is the son of God not all of us have those huge awakening moments do we some of us maybe grew up in the church some of us, our parents took us to church every single Sunday, and we never missed. <laughs> we learned about God in church. We went to church, kind of fell in love with church, loved the people all around us, and, and we went to church on Sunday morning, and then every single Sunday we kept coming, and every single Sunday we never had some huge profound moment, but every Sunday we sat in church, and, and we listened to the sometimes long sermon, and we listened to it, and we had those little tiny Me a little nod of the head if you've ever had one of those little tiny in church aha uh-huh moments. Do you know how many people have told me, you know that sermon I felt like you were talking right to me? <laughs> An aha uh-huh moment. Or maybe when we listen to the, to the choir or to the praise band and they're singing their hearts at, out and our, our hearts just join with them and we have those like, wow, I feel the presence of God moments. Give me a nod of the head if you've ever had one of those like, wow, I feel the presence of God moment. Now, I'm going to guess, I don't see everybody shaking their head nonstop, but I'm going to guess that all of us have had at least some profound little aha moments. How do I know that? Because you're here. <laughs> if you're here, you had some kind of aha moment. You had something that got you out of bed and said, hey, you need to go to church. You had something that said hey, that was within you being like, I don't want to just sleep in on Sunday morning. I want to get up and I want to improve myself. I want to improve my spiritual life. I want to improve my actual life. I want to well, I want to improve my, the way I react to people around me. And so I'm going to go to church. and so you all all of us have had those little tiny spiritual moments which makes me think that being born from above doesn't look the same in all people some people are going on a really wrong path and they get into a car crash and that puts them right back on the right direction other people have these little tiny moments when they're sitting in church and they get those little tingles those little goosebumps you know what I'm talking about we all have those different moments. Is any one of us, no matter what kind of little or large aha spiritual awakening moment that we've had, is any one of us less born from above than the other? No. Okay. I want to. a little moment of honesty as we wrap this up. I want you to tell me, has anybody here ever been told that they're not going to heaven because they never had one of those big moments? See, look at this, guys. Look. Amazing. Now I'm going to ask you guys a question, especially those of you that raised, that, ra- that raised your hands. Let's read this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Give me an amen if you believe in Jesus. Okay, so friends, the next time somebody looks at you and says, well, you didn't have one of those moments you're born from again, you're going to point them to this verse and you're going to say, I believe in Jesus. How can you say that? How can you say that because all of us we all have different spiritual awakening moments but they are all just as powerful and whenever we start to get judgmental because let's be honest we're human too and we get a little judgmental sometimes whenever we get a little judgmental about something let's think about this verse in this last verse i love this verse too god did not send the son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. So the next time we find ourselves being a little judgmental, so remember that D- Jesus didn't come just to save us, but to save the world. And friends, may we all have a spiritual awakening this morning. May something wake up in us. May we have some sort of spiritual awakening, something that tells us that God loves us, that God redeems us, And that God is with us. And everything else everybody else says doesn't really matter. Let's join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for awakening us spiritually. We thank you for giving us a spiritual rebirth whether we knew it or not. We thank you for blessing us with your Holy Spirit, that Spirit that lives within us and guides us and blesses us every step of our lives. We thank you, Lord. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us now as we turn our hearts and minds to you. And we pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.